This is Austin Pace with BYU-Idaho Radio, and I'm here with House Republican Representative Gerald Raymond. Raymond is a former Jefferson County Commissioner and an expert in livestock. Raymond is involved in all aspects of the livestock industry, including artificial insemination, embryo transfer, cow and calf management, and feedlot sectors. He has received livestock industry service awards from Ricks College and applied reproduction strategies in beef cattle. Raymond is a Republican representative of District 31. Thanks for joining me, Representative. Thank you, Austin. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. So just to get started, what are your big priorities for this legislative session? We're only in the second week and we've already seen a lot of new things. So what are your big priorities for, for these coming weeks? Thank you. And we will see a lot of others. I mean, we're you're right. We're just barely getting started, but there are some things that are being started to be fleshed out and uh, excited to see some positive things on the horizon. Um, as you know, Idaho is a very family-oriented state. We pride ourselves in having lots of items. And we also pride ourselves in having priorities, including um, having a balanced budget, which is uh, mandated by our state constitution, and also a very strong public education system, which is also mandated by our constitution. So a lot of the things that we do here in Boise at this time of year are centered around those two pieces, uh, balancing a budget and providing a, a fair um, education system and free education system to our kids. And speaking on so, these budget discussions, you, what are your thoughts and concerns about the current budget discussions at the Capitol? Well, I don't have great concerns at this point. Um, we have done a tremendous job over the years as, as all three branches of, of the government, the legislative, judicial, and the executive, of uh, making sure that our budgets are pretty conservative. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have a strong economy in the state, and much of that is attributed to the fact that we are conservative in our budgeting, and so we have built reserves, and um, we had we had a flush of income, uh, cash, as as we call it, from some programs that came through the COVID years, and those monies have pretty well been uh, flushed through the system now, and we're back to operating on money that's basically generated tax revenue from the citizens of the state of Idaho. And over the last several years, we have lowered and lowered and lowered our tax rate, both our corporate and our income, uh, personal income tax rate, from 6.1 to 5.8. And now we're operating on a flat tax system of 5.8%. So looks like we're going to be able to balance the budget without, without heartburn this year. And you said that here in Idaho, it's very family-oriented. So what do the families here in Idaho, what, what, what are they, what should they expect in return? What should they expect to see with their taxpayer money? If there's a, if there's a balanced budget, what should they expect to see in return? Well, obviously, you know, families strive to um, put themselves in a position where, um, where the incomes that they derive from the work that they do can feed and, subs- and sub- sustain their, their, their children, their, their families. Um, one of the big things that folks look for as they, as they raise their children here in Idaho is a good place to educate their kids. And we are working very diligent, diligently to make sure that we improve on that year after year. And uh, we've made a great effort. Our governor has, has, that's been one of his top priorities is early childhood literacy. 
Uh, we've done a lot the last few years to make sure that we fund education to the point that our teachers have a desire to stay in Idaho rather than go other places for jobs. Um, one of the things that we have struggled with, however, over the years is that um, some of our some of our buildings have, have begun to deteriorate, and we've not been able to keep up with keeping those buildings current and modern and safe, uh, for that matter. Uh, there are some communities, particularly in rural areas, where they really struggle to even keep the maintenance on buildings up to date. And, and so this year, uh, the governor has proposed what he is calling the School Modernization Trust Fund. And I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty exciting program. And basically what that does is that the state goes out to bond for money cheaper than school districts can actually bond because of our great credit rating. And then that money is is um, granted to uh, local school districts, um, and it's it's an organized it's an organized way of getting money into local school districts so they can do building maintenance and and build new buildings. Um, it's it's offered it's two hundred million dollars a year for ten years. Uh, school districts can apply for grants for that money not to exceed forty million dollars, and we're very very hopeful that. This will be a property tax relief for our local citizens and provide opportunities for our school kids across the state to be able to get into buildings that are more modern and, and more safe. And believe me, there are communities that really, truly, really, truly need that. So. Mm-hmm. And what should these local schools expect? So you're, you're talking about how they can apply for this bond. What, what will a school district need to have prepared to get the most amount of money they can from this bond? Well, they need to be prepared to know exactly what they what their needs are uh, for starters. Uh, they need to submit a 10-year um, maintenance plan so that so that the state knows that they're planning, what their plan is as far as maintaining the school buildings that they already have in their system and ones that they plan to build. Um, they, they need to have a plan to be able to um, um, comply with other educational laws that, that, that uh, apply to kids going to those schools. Um, it's, it's interesting that our, our, our Constitution requires that we support our kids in the classroom, but it, but it also is very um, – the, the Supreme Court has stated that we also need to provide buildings for the kids to go to, not just classroom experiences, but the classroom itself. So – and this is a 10-year program. Um, what, what do you guys expect? I guess, what's the final result of these 10 years? What do you expect to be the final result after 10 years? Well, it, we, we truly believe that this, uh, that this will be ongoing. Uh, we can, they, they, can borrow up to, they can borrow the money for 10 years, but then they can re-borrow it again and again and again as, as needed. Um, the program is pretty complicated. It's hard in a 10-minute interview to go into the very details of the program, but, but it's not a one-and-done thing. It's, it's something that districts can use as time goes on. And, and, uh, and I, will, I will just give you an, uh, an example. We have one school in our district. There are one district in, in our legislative district that's tried 13 times to bond for a school building and simply have not been able to pass that bond um, in the community. So this, this will enable them 
to have seed money, if not enough money, to go towards finishing a school and helping them pass that bond and, and relieving the local taxpayers of the obligation of that bond. So, And, and the source of money for this is sales tax. So it's, it is a tax shift from sales tax revenues to offset um, the liability of local local property taxes. So, so I was just going to say that's what we hope to accomplish as time goes on is, is to modernize these buildings and make them more safe. So now there was a new range bill involving the livestock industry introduced. What is the bill and what does it mean for Idaho ranchers and their livestock? So thanks for asking that question. That bill has actually not been introduced yet. Uh, I have it in draft form, and it's almost ready to be introduced, but it is not. It has not yet been introduced. But you have to go back in the history of the state and the current status of the state to realize that Idaho has more cows than it does have citizens, and and so livestock is the main um, ag economic driver of our state. And it's very important. So this bill, what this bill does, is it empowers an existing grazing board um, to give guidance to our Idaho State Department of Agriculture. And and they will seek funding from multiple sources to do range improvement projects on the landscape statewide. And that and that includes public state endowment lands and private lands. Um, and once that board recognizes and prioritizes our range improvement projects, then we can use the funding to work on the landscape to um, help the livestock industry. And, and, and basically what that mostly includes is um, developing water supplies for cattle so they can be scattered, uh, more scattered across the landscape and, and fencing, including virtual fencing, which is kind of an interesting concept of its own, and helping to in- increase stocking rates for livestock on, on rangeland. And we'll, we will definitely have to to talk again once this bill is officially introduced and the future that it, that it has to hold. Sure. I'll be glad to do that. I, I'm hopeful in the next week we'll, we'll be able to say that we've got it through committee and, and, and move on with it and get it to the governor's desk for signing. Mm-hmm. I'm working on another bill, too, that's actually – I don't know how much time you've got, Austin. I'm, I'm working on a, on a bill that deals with vape products for our youth, and I'm pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, I, w- I would love to go into that. Perfect. So currently, um, it's illegal to sell vaping products to minors, but there's no penalty and no enforcement uh, to speak of in the current law. So what I'm suggesting is that we increase fines and penalties to equal that of selling alcohol to minors. And, and I think that that will deter selling these products to kids that are underage. And, and then we're also working, I'm working with other legislators on a, on a bill that would help us catalog products that have been cleared by FDA that are actually legal to sell in these vape pens. It's interesting that there are so many of those products that are being brought to us from China. China has actually outlawed vaping in their entire society, the entire country, but they're manufacturing products and sending them to the United States for market when they have not been cleared as safe by the FDA. So we're working to catalog what products those are, which ones are, which ones are um, uh, cleared by the FDA and which ones are not. And the ones that are not, we will make illegal to sell in the state of Idaho. Those that are, we will still hold their feet to the fire as to, um, selling them to minors. So be watchful for that as well. 
And when should we expect to see those bills introduced? Uh, probably two to three weeks. Perfect. So what are you looking forward to for week three of the legislative session? It sounds like you guys have already got a lot of projects going, but for this next upcoming week, what are you looking forward to? So most of what we've done the last two weeks is get our our prep work done. We have actually only voted on one bill uh, on the floor of the House. Uh, by the middle of next week, we will we will see multiple pieces of legislation that have made their way through the germane committee process, and we will be voting on them on the floor of the House of Representatives, and then they will subsequently be sent to the Senate side for their consideration, and vice versa. The Senate has several bills that they'll be sending to the House soon, too. So there will be days that will be full of procedure and full of debate and uh, and our citizens there at home can watch public television and watch um, their um, their links to the Idaho legislature on their computers and see how we vote and hold us accountable. And we look forward to that. We look forward to communicating that with our constituents back home. That was House Republican Representative Gerald Raymond. Thanks again for joining me, Representative.